You're listening to the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast. We hope this message speaks to you and encourages you. You can find more messages by searching Catalyst Church of Carrollton on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Learn more at IamCatalyst.net. Lord, right now, uh, this talk is heavy. Lord, this part of the series is one of the heavy ones, Lord. For some people, it's heavy in this moment. Unbearable in this moment. As raw as it ever was. And I just ask you, Lord, to help me speak your love, your heart, your hope, and your perspective to it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's talk about faith and formulas. Can I get that uh, spotlight off of me, Amanda, if it is at all possible? I can't. I got to see my people. I got to see my people. I love you guys. Y'all were amazing. Y'all were amazing. Faith and formulas. I want to make a deal with you right now. Um, this message is like a road trip, okay? It's like a road trip. Uh, the best destination is where I'm ending up, okay? So if you don't like where I am uh, in any part of it, tell somebody, say, Ben's going somewhere. Ben's going somewhere. Um, if you don't like where I end up, uh, not much I can do about it. Not much you can either because I got the mic. I got the mic. I know, y'all, I can't be in prison, so we're going to have to get these lights on me somehow, shape or form. I don't know what you're going to have to do, but we're going to have to do it. Um, thank y'all. They're amazing. They're amazing. They're waving at me like keep preaching. I'm like, I'll preach in the dark, but I'm going to keep preaching. Y'all, we're getting some stuff done on these lights, and I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. We're not going to have headaches like we do now. Uh, Yep, there we go. I told them, dark it out. I can preach in the dark. I just can't preach on half a stage. I can preach in the dark. It's half a stage. Y'all, our tech team has been working on these lights, and we got some solutions, but it's going to be a few more weeks. Uh, but I can preach. I just don't put me in prison. I can preach in the dark. Just don't put me in prison on here. So um, you prayed for it. You prayed for it. You believed God for it, and it didn't happen. Um, Or you prayed against it and it did happen. How could a good God do that? Allow that? Mental illness, learning disabilities, chronic sickness and pain, abuse and negligence, and many things you didn't ask for. You may not have done well with it, but you didn't start you didn't start the stuff. Some of you, some of you were born into a bad situation. Some of you right now are facing some things that you don't know a way forward. Some of you are winning right now. You are winning, but um, you know you can't keep up pace. You can't keep doing it. You can't keep living up. To, you can't keep on this trajectory long. And you're in your heart, you're like, is this all there is? This grind? Make this much money and be miserable? How could that be good news? How could that be the gospel? I want you to know right now that faith happens when you don't have formulas. Stay with me. It doesn't matter if I'm in the dark or not. Stay with me online. Stay with me. If you can hear my voice, we'll get through it. Faith happens when you don't have formulas. 
It doesn't take faith when you have answers. It doesn't take faith when you have plenty of options. It doesn't have faith when there's plenty of fallback plans and and plenty of money in the bank. That doesn't take faith. It doesn't take faith when it's easy. It doesn't take faith when it makes sense, when there's a plan that is just right there. There's a linear path and you're going to it. It does not take faith then. Faith happens when there are no formulas. Matter of fact, can we say that together? Say, faith happens when I don't have formulas. Let's say that again. Faith happens when I don't have formulas. When lights aren't working, it takes faith for this ADD joker to keep preaching. But faith happens when you don't have formulas. When it just, that's what it is. Matter of fact, the scripture teaches that. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11. I love this translation. It says, faith means being sure of the things we hope for and knowing that something is real even if we do not see it. Say that with me right now. Say, faith happens when I don't have formulas. One more time with strength. Say, faith happens when I don't have formulas. Bible says that the promises of God are yes and amen. Right? Right? Go ahead, tell somebody. It's in there. I ain't lying to you. It's in there, and I'm not afraid of it. I'm going to deal with it. Matter of fact, say it again. Say it's in there. Matter of fact, Bible says, uh, James, the brother of Jesus, quotes this. He says that if any sick among you, uh, bring them to the elders. Let the the elders pray for them. Anoint them with oil. Pray the prayer of faith. They'll be healed. Tell somebody, say it's in there. Uh, Prophet Isaiah prophesied about Jesus. said, by his stripes, we're healed. Say it's in there. Promises of God are yes and amen, but here's the thing. We don't have a yes God. That ain't God all That ain't even a God. We do not have a yes God. Matter of fact, God's promises are yes and amen, but God's promises are not always your plans or your interpretation of his promises. I'm going to say that again, then I'm going to drill it home the rest of the message. I'll probably say it a lot more. The promises of God are yes and amen, but his promises are not always your plans or your interpretation of his promises. Faith happens when you don't have formulas. When you have formulas, it's not really faith. The promises of God are yes and amen, but God is not a yes God. Matter of fact, God told Moses, no. He said, he said uh, you can lead them to the promised land, but I ain't letting you go in. And he didn't. God told David, King David, no, his son still died. God told, the father told Jesus, no. He said, if there's any other way this cup passed from me, Lord, let it. Nevertheless, my will but yours be done. Jesus still went to the cross because the Father said, this is the way we're going. God told Paul, no. When Paul said, whatever it was that it was so hard to talk about that he didn't tell the Corinthian church, God said, no, I will not take away from you what's tormenting you. He says, in your weakness, my power and strength are made perfect. No, Paul, I will not take it away because faith happens when you do not have formulas. Tell somebody, Ben's going somewhere. Because I know I'm making some people mad and I'm not done making you mad because can I just be 100 with you right now? 
People that have studied the Bible a lot longer than me will tell you that that scripture, and, and for centuries longer than I've even been here, uh, they will tell you that that scripture, when James says, bring them, the elders, bring the sick among you to the elders, let them pray, anoint with oil, oil there in this specific scripture in context and culture is actually medicine. It is not some supernatural quick fix. Tell somebody Ben's going somewhere with this. Isaiah 53, do I believe that by stripes we are healed? Absolutely. Do I also believe that some healings happen here as in heaven and some happen in heaven and ultimately all of our healing will happen in heaven because when you get to the end of the book, it says that they shall hunger no more, neither shall they thirst anymore. And it says they got to wipe away every tear from their eye. Last time I checked, we all get thirsty, hungry, and we still all cry. But faith happens when you don't have formulas. And I could, I could teach you the Bible and unteach and put it everything in context. I could spend all day, probably all year, and do that for you. And it'd, I'd make some of you mad. I'd make some of you appreciate the Bible more. I'd actually make some of you probably appreciate the God of the Bible more. But I want to preach today when there's no formulas, when it doesn't make sense. Because here's the thing is, faith happens when you don't have formulas. When it doesn't make sense. And that's what I'm talking about today. I'm not going to talk about the stuff that does. I want to talk about the stuff that doesn't. Tell somebody, say, Ben's going somewhere. Always going somewhere. Can we throw that first pick up, baby? We good with that? How many of y'all love that guy right there? I'm telling you. Boy, I love, I love him. 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 I love what God's doing in his life. He's one of the people in this church that has grown so much, and God is using him not just in here, but so many other places outside of here. I love him. He's not just my cousin. I love him. I look up to him. He's a big brother to me. Um, The reason that he's even here, (laughs) the reason that he's even here, we've always been kindred, but we we grew close again in 2018. See, Bradford in his early 40s got colon cancer. And it wasn't just any colon cancer. It had... um. It had spread um, to some lymph nodes, and they basically, he was in his early 40s, they lit him up with chemo. Like most people couldn't handle it, but he was young. And for six months, I mean, this joker who gets up at two in the morning, uh, works all day. I'm talking about I've never seen somebody. Well, yeah, I've seen a few, Smokey and some others in here that hustle like that. But uh, this man got lit up with chemo. We actually grew close in that six months because we'd get to spend some time because God finally sat Bradford's butt down for a minute. See, God used cancer, or God, used can- God used medicine to heal Bradford of cancer, and he also used cancer to build Bradford's faith and to set a fire in Bradford. He's always loved Jesus, but I ain't never seen anybody quite grow like he has the last few years. And God used cancer to start a fire that's keep staying getting bigger and bigger. And he's here because of cancer, because cancer is what brought him here and brought us close together. Because we are overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the power of our testimony. God is good. Matter of fact, can we give him some praise right now? God is good. God is good. He is good. He is good. He is good. And he is good. And we are, we have a testimony and so does Bradford. Now, can we throw that first picture, baby? That next picture. You probably don't know this guy. Some of you, some of you have been with us long enough. Uh, I talk about him all the time. That's actually Angie's first husband. That's the OG of the B family, the OG, Russ. Uh, uh, Russ um, was diagnosed with cancer. 
And I was at the old church, and I was an associate pastor there. That's where I met Angie. And, and I prayed every day for over a year. Just like I did Bradford, just like I do any of y'all, the people you've loved. I prayed hard. I remember specifically the order in which I prayed for him driving to Walmart. I said, God, don't, I remember specifically yelling. God, don't, don't, don't take Angie's husband. Don't take their daddy. I prayed, I prayed. I was there the day before uh, Russ passed on his bedside with Dan Turner, who I was a pastor with at that point at the old church. And I watched Dan just cry like a baby in this bed that I now sleep in, in the room I now sleep in. And and, and um, I watched a man that was 230 pounds shrivel to less than 100 probably. Pray just as hard. August 8, 2013, God said no. Russ died. Matter of fact, we can throw that other picture, baby. You can throw it up. That's him with the family, the original. That's the OG of the B family. I, mean, I see Garrett now. He's taller than me. That's a bunch of ridiculousness. See that joker on the left, Connor now? He's got a better beer than I'll ever dream of. Baby girl, Jacob. OG right there. You can take the pictures down, baby. Can't look at them for too long. I got to preach this message. God said no. I'm going to tell you, he's still good. He's still good. Russ took his last breath believing that. Now, can you give him praise for that too? Because he's just, I'm talking about, no, you better lift your voice just like you did with Bradford. You better lift your voice like you did with Bradford. Just because he didn't do it your way doesn't mean he's not good. He's still good. He is still, an over, we're overcomers by the blood of the lamb. Russ Barnes is an overcomer and every one of us are too. He's still good. He didn't do it our way, but he did it. He's still good. John the Baptist did everything the right way. John the Baptist did everything the right way. Man literally loved Jesus. He did not compete against Jesus. He was committed to it. Matter of fact, when Jesus crowds got pop, when he got popular and, and Jesus crowds got bigger and John the Baptist lost his crowds, John the Baptist told his old competitive crowd, Jesus is taking all our, all our folks. John says, John says, I must decrease. He must increase. He was a faithful, faithful, faithful man. He lived off locusts and wild honey his entire life preaching in the desert because the Old Testament said there would be a forerunner for Jesus and that was John the Baptist. He was John the Baptist, Jesus was John the Baptist's first cousin. This man was faithful. But what happened is there was this girl named Herodias who was the wife, the second wife of Herod who was the, a ruler in Rome. Herodias didn't like him, had a vendetta against him. See, Herodias was a, a trifling, conniving woman, them type of people that when they want something, they're going to get it or die trying. And Herodias got John the Baptist arrested. Herod didn't want to kill John the Baptist, but Herodias was going to stop at nothing. So what Herodias did, I'm just telling y'all, we try to all act appropriate at church and stuff. The Bible ain't appropriate, church appropriate. Because what happened was is Salome, who was uh, Herodias's daughter, Herod's stepdaughter, did a little dance, a little stripper, strip tease, a little stripper show for her stepdaddy. And when her step, when she was done, the stepdaddy, Herod said, hey girl, I'll give you anything you want. Of course, she said exactly what her trifling mama coached her to. I want 
John the Baptist's head on a platter. John the Baptist is, while now he is in jail, he is in prison. He is in prison. And he knows he's about to die. And he did not deserve this. This man is in his early to mid-30s. He did not deserve this. This is not what he planned. You raised your kids right. And that you did, they didn't grow up in a broken home. But they're still broken and it breaks your heart and it doesn't make sense. You invested your life in your spouse and you were faithful and you gave it your all, but they were unfaithful and they continue, or maybe for some of you, they continue to be negligent and unfaithful and not as faithful as you. It doesn't make sense. You don't deserve this. John the Baptist was right there. And we pick up in Matthew chapter 11, it says this. When Jesus had finished giving these instructions to his 12 disciples, He went out to teach and preach in towns throughout the region. John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his his disciples to ask Jesus. Keep in mind, John the Baptist is in prison. So he has to send his people, his closest friends, to ask Jesus because he can't face him one-on-one. So his people, his friends, his, his table... Says, Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we keep looking for someone else? Jesus told them, go back to John and tell them what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured and the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life and the good news is being preached to the poor. Number one, Jesus says, sends his friends, Jesus, I need to know what's going on because this is not how I planned it. His friends, he said, this is not how I planned. This is, I didn't plan on dying in my 30s. When I committed my life to you, this is not what I thought the promises of God are going to look like. It doesn't make sense, and I need to know. We need, those lights are out again, if y'all don't know. And I'm pro, I'm, I got to work this stage, I'm just saying. I don't understand it. Why? Why? I need to know I want to die with the truth. I don't want to die banking my life on a lie. I want to know the truth before I die because he's dying and he knows it. And Jesus tells him the first answer is listen to what I'm doing for everybody else. And it started, the passage started with John the Baptist saying he had heard about everything that Jesus was doing. John had already heard this story, but he was sitting in jail and getting none of it. You know how offensive it would be for Jesus to answer me or you that? How generic of an answer it would be? I want you to John, John, probably, John, probably, if that was all he said, for real? I don't want to hear about what you're doing for everybody else. That don't help me. I don't do anything for me. We miss the tension and the intensity of this passage. John is about to die and he doesn't even know if what he lived for was right. And if that was all Jesus gave him, I would be disappointed in Jesus. But verse 6 is probably my favorite passage verse in the entire Bible if I was made to choose one. And he and Jesus said, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Blessed is he. I know that for John, he's saying, forgive me, John, for living short of your expectations. Forgive me 
for not doing it on your terms. Forgive me for not living up to your plans and your interpretation of my promises. Forgive me, John. Forgive me, Catalyst, for not, letting, for not healing them so that you could have more time with them. Forgive me for the side effects to the medication that you have to take for, so that you can function, but they make you feel like crap and you don't even feel human. Forgive me for what they did to you, for what they did to you, and for, for, what, for, what, for what they didn't do for you. Forgive me for the father that you didn't have. Forgive me for the mother that was mean to you. Forgive me for the, forgive me for the unfaithfulness of your spouse. Forgive me, John. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. I'm going to bless you. I'm still good, John. I'm still good. I'm still not done. Blessed is he. John the Baptist was dying in his 30s alone with only that promise as he would lose his head. Only thing he would have is the last thing that Jesus sent message. Blessed is he who was not offended because of me. We lay hands on people here. We got our oil hidden over here behind the stage so that if, it, if the bass is too hard, because Maurice is the best bass player around, it don't roll off the stage and bust everywhere, and we have a big mess on our hands that people slip it on. I believe in miracles. I believe for miracles. I am a miracle. Matter of fact, you're a miracle. You may not see it to the full extent, but you're a miracle. Matter of fact, I got some people that'll say I'm a miracle right now. I'm praising. You're a miracle. You're a miracle. God has protected you in times that you didn't realize you needed protection. Man, you had that transmission go out, but you could have died on the interstate. God is, hey, he saved you from those relationships that he ended, and you wanted them to work. You said, God, I'm going to be alone. Well, it's better to be alone than be with that person that you were trying to force. You are a miracle. I believe in them. I believe God for them. We have a prayer team that they come up when somebody comes to the altar and lays hands on behalf of them on spring break. But like they come up, we believe in laying on of hands. We believe in miracles. I believe in breakthroughs. I believe it with all my heart. And people going to say this first half of the message. Well, where you stand? Like you straddling the fence. What's your theology? Here it is. Believe God for the best, but trust God no matter what. Believe him. I believe him for the best. 100%. I believe him. See, faith happens when you don't have formulas. And your problem is this. You're still trying to figure out why they left you, reject you, rejected you, don't love you, don't show you the attention, why your boss won't, why your boss don't appreciate you and why you don't get the promotion. You're still trying to figure out things that happened a year ago, 10 years ago, 17 years ago. You want formulas because we want formulas because we don't like the concept of walking by faith because we want control. But faith happens when you don't have formulas. Faith happens and grows stronger like in Bradford in your life when it doesn't make no sense. 
faith happens when you don't have formulas. It's easy to stand up here when you're winning, when you got the bonus, when you're boy, when you're when you're when you can make it rain in your bank account. That's easy to praise God and thank God then. But what about in moments where people don't make sense, seasons don't make sense? It's not what you thought, what you planned. When you got a good life, but you feel ungrateful, uh, you feel like you're ungrateful for feeling bad about it. But you're like, if God is is there? Is this all there is? That's when it takes faith. Faith is not something that comes with formulas. That's not a package deal. And what we do is we spend our entire lives trying to figure something out. Faith happens when you don't have formulas, catalysts, believe God for the best and trust God no matter what. Revelation chapter 3, it says, write this letter to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. This is part of the churches that Jesus uh, wrote to them. This is the message from the one who is holy and true. The Greek word, there's two Greek words. The New Testament was written in in Kone Greek. There's two Greek words for true. One is true, not false, and the other means true, not fake. The word right here, trustworthy and true, means true, not fake. Jesus is saying, life ain't a Disney movie, guys, but I'm still the real deal. Life ain't a Disney movie. I'm the real deal. I am trustworthy and true. What I say is true. He wanted to give John the Baptist one last line. Blessed are you, John, if you were not offended because of me. You may not see it in this life. I don't know, but I'm going to tell you I'm not done. I'm not done. And 2,000 years later, we are still reading the testimony of John the Baptist, but he died alone in a prison. He says, I'm true. It's true. I'm true. I'm not fake. The one who has the keys of David in Isaiah, there was a prophecy of the Jesus that says that he would have the keys to the kingdom of David. That is a scripture of authority for all the Jews of that time who didn't like Jesus. Because let's face it, the Jews are the ones that killed him. He says, I want y'all to know I'm the one that you prayed for that Isaiah talked about. I'm the guy that has the keys to the kingdom of David. And then he says this. What he opens, no one can close, and what he closes, no one can open. God says yes, God says no. God closes doors, God opens doors. God will bust your nose closing a door that needs to be closed in your life. And when they close, Catalyst Church, you better know. You better know, you better trust him. You don't have to like it to trust him. Trust him when he opens doors, trust him when he closes doors. Because no matter how long you live or how many breaths you have, whether you get the miracle or not, God is the God of every breath you will take, your first, your last, and everything that comes after. He's the God of every burden, every blessing, every mistake, every win, every loss, every insecurity, every narcissistic thing that you do while calling other people narcissistic. He is. He says that he is, the Bible says that he has the keys to death, hell, and the grave. So when I die one day, I'm trusting he's got the keys to that. He told Peter, he said, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. And he told that to all of us because all these years later, that wasn't just a promise to Peter. That was a promise to everybody who calls him Lord. He says, I shut doors. I open doors. Why don't you quit trying to walk through all the wrong ones and actually listen for me for a minute? He says, I am trustworthy and true. So we need to believe God for the best by all means. Paul says to petition your request to the Lord, but you better trust when he shuts a door in your face, you need to quit trying to bust it open because it will break your heart your entire life. Trust him. Believe him for the best, but trust him no matter what. 
I have to trust God just as much, and I'm learning. I'm learning just like you. I have to trust him just as much when he says no, Ben, as he does when he, when, as I do when he says yes, Ben. Because when I don't like it, when he says no, Ben, and when I push harder than when he says yes, when we want a yes, God, it's because you really don't want a God. You, you got that taken care of yourself. You want your way. You want it on your terms, which is why when it works out the polar opposite of what you were believing for, you'll walk away from the church and your faith. Well, God can't be good. Well, he said this isn't it, and I'll open doors, and I'll shut doors, and I got the keys to death, hell, and the grave. You may not like it now, but you're just telling me that you basically see the picture that, like I do, and you don't. Faith happens when you don't have formulas. You want to be God. The story of Lucifer isn't just a story of the, the backstory of the enemy. The story of Lucifer is principles in the scripture we need to apply to our life every single day because God has given you blessings just like he gave Lucifer. Gave him all the power and he was blinded to it because he wanted more. When we want control, we're doing exactly what we read the backstory of the enemy is. God gave him everything. God loved him. He wanted more. He wanted more. James, the brother of Jesus, says, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. We love talking about we have not because we ask not. Well, what about the next part of the verse? Well, you, you also ask and you ask amiss because you want it for the wrong reasons. Do you trust him or do you want it on your terms? Tell somebody to say he's being going somewhere. I'm about to land this thing here in a second. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and read that with me. Never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, uh, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy because a widow is a good representation in Jesus' parable. A widow is uh, somebody who's lost it all, especially in that time. It's even more of a loss than now because, let's face it, that was archaic times. The judge ignored her for a while, but we feel like God ignores us, right? Jesus is telling a story. This is our story. But finally... He said to himself, the judge, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I love Jesus. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant request. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, oh boy, this is where you don't have a problem with it, but you don't realize scripture. I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. Hold up right there. Because a lot of us are like, oh, Jesus liar there, man. It ain't been quick. My whole life's been miserable. Well, the, well, the Peter says this in the scripture. He says that God is not slow concerning his promises as some count slowness. Oh, it may be slow to you, but you ain't God. And you've been trying to be that for a long time. 
which is why you let other people shake you, life shake you, and, and your faith be shaken. Well, Peter, who ended up like, let's go talk about his history, and he said, God is not slow. Some count slowness. How many will he find on earth who have faith? How many will he find? Because the Bible says the just will walk by faith. Not feelings, not formulas. Say it with me, say faith. Faith. How many will he find that have faith? Faith happens when you don't have formulas. Faith happens when you're looking over the grave and it just can't. There is no sense that you can make of it. This is not, that person was a good person. That person was my person. That, can, that, that wasn't supposed to happen. There's no way there's a good God. Faith happens. That's when faith happens. There's got to be something bigger. That's when faith happens. I believe God for the best, y'all. Matter of fact, I have been on the bedsides of some of your loved ones and I believed, for a bre- I believed for a miracle to their last breath. But once they took their last breath, I trusted God. And I've got to because I've got to trust God. When he shuts a door, he's got a reason. I've got to trust him that this life is such a small picture to eternity. And I've got to trust he sees the picture because I don't. And if I actually say I believe what I say I believe, then I'm pretty stubborn. If, or honestly, I don't really believe it if I think I know the picture more than him. Because just because it doesn't make sense now doesn't mean it doesn't make sense. I just don't see it. Faith happens when you don't have formulas. Believe God for the best, but trust him no matter what. Luke chapter 6, Jesus says this, Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. I love the translation that says, Blessed are those who cry now, for they shall laugh later. I don't know what it's going to look like for you. I don't know when it's going to look like it. But I know that Jesus, the guy that has the keys of David, the keys of death, hell, and the grave says, blessed are those who cry now for they will laugh later. I believe with all my heart that God gets the last laugh. I don't know what it's going to look like for you. Abraham and Sarah laughed at God when God said, y'all are going to have a kid. You're going to have a kid. And they laugh because they were so old and they ended up making mistakes and make a lot of mistakes trying to disqualify themselves and sabotage their own promises. But at 99 and 100 years old, they had their baby together, Isaac. And Isaac in Hebrew means laughter. Isaac in Hebrew means laughter because God got the last laugh. Your mountaintop, your mountaintop is probably not going to be what you think or what you plan. But no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Blessed are those who cry now, for they shall laugh later. Uh, Hebrews 10, you need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he's promised. Y'all, I've got my own trauma. I ain't had a good night. A good night's sleep's very rare for me because of it. I have the worst, some of the worst night terrors for me, for sure. Hey, I got Tourette's, Asperger's, ADD, a lot of other stuff to go with it. I'm as awkward as awkward gets. And I got all the stuff, had a lot of bad things happen to me in my first 36, pushing 37 years. Probably going to have some more because if I live long enough, I'm going to have a lot more happening and I'm trying to live. But I cannot let those things have me. I can't let them have me. 
You need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you'll receive what he's promised. Not when you think you've done it. Not when you're like, I've done enough. I'm just tired of this. The writer doesn't say, or when you like John the Baptist, you're like, man, I don't deserve this. Well, maybe not. But you need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you'll receive what he's promised. Do not let those things have you just because they happen to you. Believe God for the best. Trust God no matter what. You need to persevere. Say it with me right now. Say, keep coming. I missed that. Say, keep coming. That's the answer right here. Keep coming. All these scriptures, I want to show you. Keep coming when it doesn't make sense. Say it with me. When they, when they don't make sense. When the bank account's empty. When you're getting a divorce. When life just hits you in the mouth health-wise. Hey, when the, hey, when the promises, when you're riding the mountaintop and you're riding on a good cloud. When you're winning, it ain't about you. Keep coming. Keep coming. Galatians chapter 6 says, let us not become weary in, in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't stop doing right just because life goes wrong and people do you wrong. You will reap a harvest if you do not give up. If you do not give up. Say it with me. Say, keep coming. Say it again. Keep coming. I don't know. People are going to do you wrong. Life's going to go wrong. Seasons are going to be sucky. Seasons are going to be good. Life's going to be a roller coaster. But you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Romans 8, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Whatever you've been through, you may feel heavy. Life may be heavy. You may not see how, you may not know or feel how you can, you may not see how you can ever recover from it. But I'm going to tell you whatever you've been through, say nothing. It's nothing compared to the glory that is to be revealed. The sufferings of this present time are Nothing, 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 nothing. Psalm 30 says, weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. I don't know what your morning is going to look like. I don't know when it's going to look like it. But I'm going to tell you, the promises of God are weeping may endure for a night. That don't mean 12 hours. For some of you, it may mean a lot longer because some seasons are long. Some lives, some of our lives are really hard, but weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I don't know what it's going to look like or when it's going to look like it, but I know the one that holds the keys to death, hell, and the grave, David, that gave us the keys to the kingdom. He will open doors and shut doors. He controls the seasons of your life. And lastly, and I could do this all day. That's why I need to stop. Those who sow with tears will reap songs of joy. Bible says you reap what you sow, right? Well, the Bible also says those who have sowed in tears will reap songs of joy. My shower people like me that you can't sing worth a flip, but you'll sing loud anyway. He says life with the promise, when you see what's coming, I don't know when it's coming. I don't know what it's going to look like for you, but I'm going to tell you something. When you will that shower singing songs of joy. You'll let everybody hear it. You won't just do it in the shower. God loves you so much. The Bible says he doesn't just know the hairs on your head. That's beautiful. He knows that too. The Bible says he collects our tears in his bottle. He doesn't just know the hairs on your head, the number of hairs on your head. He knows the tears that you've cried. He loves you so much. He loves me so much. He is the God of the people who have gone before us and will go behind us. 
He's the God of the things that have happened before us and the behind us. He loves us so much. He is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. The Bible says we see now through a glass darkly, but one day we'll see face to face. I believe it. I believe it when it doesn't make sense. I believe that he is trustworthy and true, not fake, true. He is the real deal, y'all. He's the real deal. Say, keep coming. Say, keep coming. Paul sat in a jail cell. He was in a jail cell when he wrote Ephesians, and he says, I bow my knees. I bow my knees to the Father. He says, I bow my knees. Can we just turn off those pads for a minute? We turn them off, G. Thank you, baby. I don't want music. I want a moment. I want a moment. I don't want to talk about God. I want to talk to God. Paul was in a jail cell. I promise you he didn't have those beautiful pads or a band playing behind him. When he wrote those words, I bow my knees to the Father. So right now, as we end this message, I'm going to ask you, if you want to, bow your knees. If you want to come up here, if you want to just bow your heads, do what you do. But we're about to talk to Jesus. No music, nothing. Silence. Y'all ready? Tell him right now. Talk to him. Tell him what you hurt. Tell him what's hurting you. Tell him what's worrying you. Jesus said, blessed are those who don't see but still believe. Because faith happens with no formulas. Tell them what's really bothering you, not what you've been projecting on social media. Tell them what's really bothering you. Tell them the things in your life that haven't lined up with what you wanted and what you've been trying so hard to get to. Tell them the things that don't make sense. Right now, I'm trying to just help you have a talk with Jesus. Things that just don't make a lick of sense people that left, the things that happened, the things that didn't happen. The stress you have right now is you're trying to build a life and you have the blessings, but it's a heavy burden. What are the things, God, that don't make sense? They don't make sense. You can be honest with him, y'all. God's a big boy. He can handle it. He already knows your heart. He just wants you to know it. Tell him in your heart. Tell him right now. Just talk to him. For those of you who you want to commit your life to the Lord, now's the time to learn to talk to him. Say, Lord, I love you, and I want to learn to let you love me. I want the cross to make the cross real in my life, Lord. I believe you, and I want to believe you more, Lord. Thank you for dying for me. Just tell him. I don't have to give you some magic prayer, magic prayer. No, you just talk to him. Talk to Jesus. Old song says, have a little talk with Jesus. Right now, just tell him. Be real. You can talk to him. He's your friend. Jesus told his disciples, don't call me servant. Call me friend. Don't call me master. Excuse me. Call me friend. Talk to him. Bear your heart to him. Bear your heart to your father. Bear your heart to your father. Quit beating yourself up. Quit beating your spouse and being so hard on your kids. Quit beating yourself up, Lord. Beating yourself up. Talk to him.
Lord, there's some things that just don't make sense in our lives. There's some scars that will never make sense. There's some relationships that just will never make sense. There's some days that just won't make sense. There's some diagnoses that just won't make sense. There's some things that are just traumatic, Lord. There's some disabilities that we have to face. There's some tragedy that we have to experience that, Lord, it just doesn't make sense. How can it be good? Lord, teach us to believe you for the best, but trust you no matter what. Teach us, Lord. Teach us, Lord. Just say that in your heart right now. Say, teach me, Lord. Say, teach me. Say, teach me how to worship. Teach me how to seek you sincerely. Teach me how to love you and let you love me. Teach me how to commit my life to you and not to my ego. Teach me how to not live in pride and bitterness and anger. Teach me how to learn from the lessons that I've already learned and should have learned. Teach me to be mature. Teach me to be a man, to be a woman. Uh, Teach me, Lord, teach me. Say it. It's in your heart. Say, teach me. Or we come to you. We worship you even when it doesn't make sense because faith happens when you don't have formulas. Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd love to know your story. Let us know how this message impacts your life. You can message us at info at imcatalyst.net. We're here for you and we are for you. If you have a prayer request, you can message us at prayer at imcatalyst.net. To keep up with what's going on at Catalyst Church in Carrollton, Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Jesus cares about you. We care about you. And we hope you join us again on the Catalyst Church of Carrollton podcast.